Welcome everyone to Play the Kids, sponsored by Roughneck Scarves, and we are a part of the Beautiful Game Network. I am Kevin McCamish. You can find me on Stumptown Footy and the USL Show. Josh is not with me tonight. Uh, we were unable to coordinate our schedules sufficiently. Uh, he was also going to record some 4th Division news, send it to me um, so I could clip it onto the end of the episode, but that did not end up working out either. Um, so just me, just the T2 USL stuff this week. Um, so probably another shorter episode, but you know, still have three technically wins <laughs> to talk about. We'll get into it. Uh, so anyway, don't forget to subscribe using uh, at, at our website, playthekids.com. You can subscribe via iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. Um, and people have been uh, DMing us. Um, I've got stickers. I've got envelopes. As soon as I get stamps this week, uh, I will start sending out stickers. Uh, I had discovered that even though the, the DMs were open for uh, Play the Kids Twitter, I had to go over to a special part of the menu and, and find out that there were... Uh, like, like They didn't just show up. They had I had to go and find them and approve them to get those messages so to those people i've talked to on twitter uh direct messages uh my general apologies for just not realizing that there were messages there i actually found stuff all, going all the way back to 2016 so don't feel bad um I, I i'm the one who feels really bad so again apologies uh but speaking of listeners we've been gaining listeners all season so huge thanks to everyone who is tuning in and listening this season i've had compliments um, and feedback given to me at events as well in person. That's really cool. Um, so thank you for all the comments. Don't hesitate to keep them coming, good or bad. You know, it's, it's always good. And if you recognize me like some people have and you see me, go say hello. It's, it's cool. I, I, I appreciate it. It's, it's fun. It's like, hey, I'm, uh, I'm not just a number in the crowd, I guess. Um, the other plan this episode was to have Josh Phillips on, either a pre-recorded interview or... I was really hoping to have him on the entire show. As far as I know, that's still a go, but it's not going to be this episode. Um, I was trying to schedule something with the front office, and then they kind of stopped responding. So I need to get back into that, um, kind of hound them, figure out what's going to happen. If you're listening, Josh, by you know some chance that you are, please feel free to reach out to me directly at kmccamishpdx. Um because I would love to just have you on the whole show itself. Like, I can introduce everybody, you, me, Josh. We can just do a whole episode. Part of it would be an interview. It would be really cool. However, if a pre-recorded interview that I snip into an episode is all we can do, that's totally cool as well. Um, I'm just going to be extremely happy just to have you on the show uh, if we can get you on here. So, we'll schedule something. I'm not going to specifically say which episode it might be because I don't know when I'm going to be able to schedule something, but I will start to, uh, I'll start to dig in there and try to get them on, get them on. So it's been approved front office approved it. Players excited has, has said, yes, he'll do it. So it's just a matter of everybody kind of getting the schedules working together. Um, going into T2 stuff. T2 is currently in third place that we were in second for, for quite a bit there. Um, but Phoenix played a midweek game last night and they won. So they retook second place by a point. Um, but still, Third place in the West, uh, 12 games into the season. That's it's, it's uncharted territory for anyone who has 
paid any attention to T2 the past four seasons. I'm not, I'd have to double check, but I am pretty confident that we've never, ever been this high uh, in the standings. Certainly not second place. I don't think we've ever even so much as breathed near third place. Um, But hey, plus nine goal differential, seven shutouts, 23 points. Um, This is just an amazing team to watch. It's it's crazy. Uh, T2 sit on a three-game win streak. They're undefeated in five. That's the entire month of May. Four wins and one draw. Whole month of May. Outscoring opponents 11 to three. <laughs> Which, funny enough, uh, what's that, what, 14 goals? Ten of those goals <laughs> happened in one single game. Was that one game, Los Dos and pretty much uh, Efren Alvarez. Uh, I would just say he was the only reason why they got any goals. Um, T2 are tied with Los Dos, speaking of, for the second most goals scored in the entire league. Um, I believe it's like 22 or 23 goals scored, and that puts us tied with LA for the second most in the entire league. I forgot who was first. I could look it up, but I'm not going to. (laughs) Um, T2 continue to keep pace with the Pittsburgh Riverhounds as both teams still tied for the most shutouts in the entire league um, right now with seven. Um, T2 themselves are kind of near the bottom of the table in goals allowed. Um, 23rd out of 33 total teams with only 13 goals allowed. Pittsburgh um, is one of the best defensive teams in the league. They're coached by Bob Lilly, so if you don't know anything about Bob Lilly, you look him up, and he usually has one of the best defenses um, on whatever team he coaches. So uh, Pittsburgh following that, they've only allowed six goals the entire season, but they're Eastern Conference, so we don't have to really worry about them too much. Um, if it ends up being like a T2 Pittsburgh Riverhounds uh, USL Cup final, I mean, as crazy as that might sound, uh, that'll be an interesting game to see. Because Pittsburgh have Nico Brett, who used to play with us. They've got Ben Zemanski. Um, like Real Salt Lake, you'll find a cup, or, or not Real Salt Lake, Real Monarchs, excuse me. Uh, that USL side, you'll see some X Timbers and X T2 players. So Pittsburgh, another team where you'll see some X Timbers and T2 players. Um, T2, bottom line, really, is, you know, you're kind of a top 10 defense in the league and you're a top three offense so I don't think it's really a matter of maybe they'll make the playoffs or you know it's not a matter of let's not talk about playoffs because it's it's a long season type of thing anymore that situation I think is come and gone Um, I'm pretty sure we can officially allow ourselves to believe that the playoffs are going to happen uh Barring an absolute catastrophe, knock on wood, because that I don't want that to happen. Um, but barring something like that happening, I'm pretty sure T2 are going to make the playoffs. So the question now is really to ask ourselves, you know, we are 12 games into a 32-game season. There's 20 games left. What type of playoff position is T2 going to get? You know, Monarchs are still the absolute best team in the West, arguably the best team in the league, potentially. Um, Certainly one of the best two or three teams in the league, uh, depending on how you view the East. So 
Phoenix, still very, very good. T2, over the entire season, you know, they're showing that I think fourth or fifth seed, you know, like your your lowest home seed or your highest road seed might might be a little bit low. They might be able to pick up that third that third seed. Um, it'll definitely be interesting. It just kind of depends on how things go. But with so much attacking talent at at their disposal and a really good defense, I I'm not going to be shocked if T2 does end up in in maybe second but potentially third and when the season's over and that's pretty crazy to think about you know that sort of from absolute worst in the league like the second one of the second worst seasons in usl history because uh, nobody's going to be able to beat antigua and uh on how bad a season can be with 20 some odd straight losses i think they lost every single game but one of the, the second worst season uh, and one of the second worst seasons in USL history. From that to what we're seeing today is uh, that's that's a pretty good turnaround. <laughs> it's, it's it's a talking point across the league for sure. People are starting, the teams are now starting to be like, hey, T2 is not going to be a pushover. T2's not going to be an easy team. It's like, hey, T2 is now going to be a challenge. Like that's 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 how we've progressed over these past 12 games. Oh, there'll be a pushover. Oh, no, they won't. Well, we might still be able to win. Oh, wait, no, we won't. Well, now it's going to be an actual challenge. Now we've got to like play up to T2 is what they're is what they're starting to starting to say. And I don't know if I'd ever saw that coming. I mean, you sit here for four four seasons, you watch this second team. You you, you kind of ask yourself like, wait, why why am I doing this? You know, nobody seems to care about this. I'm I'm covering a team that nobody cares about, and I'm continuing to do it. And even through 2017, I actually asked myself some questions like, why do I do this? Um, so this season has really put uh, all the hard work I've put into it. Uh, it's made it worth. It's made it worth it. So people actually care about T2, and people know that I'm probably one of the only people in the in the in the city to. Uh, to talk about T2, like I have all those stats from going back to 2015. I've watched all the games. I know all the players. If you want T, if you need to know anything about T2, I'm the only person to go talk to, and I like that. Um, but yeah, so as long as T2 keep up these defensive efforts and the goal scoring output that they're going at, I think they're going to get a home playoff match for sure, top four. Uh, that'll be really nice to see playoffs. And then once you get in the playoffs, anything can happen. So it'd be crazy. The way the first team's playing as well, it's it's not out of the realm of possibility that you could potentially have a USL and MLS Cup double uh, cup winners. That would be super cool, super neat. Um, I mean, you know, I doubt it's going to happen, but it would be... It's, it's, it's not outside of the realm of possibility. It could happen. We'll see. Um, but anyway, let's get into some of the games. So, first up... Um, the game that happened on the 18th, man, when was that? Like I've recorded like three episodes, like really up against each other and then kind of like spaced them out on the release dates. So, um, we're looking at two weeks ago, uh, T2 hosted Los Dos and 10 goals were scored. Uh, single 
highest goal total of any game so far this season. Um, and yeah, seven to three win. That was and tons of fun to watch. I wish I could have been there. Um, I was almost going to be there, but uh, I had to do some work at work that didn't allow me to leave as previously scheduled. So sad to have missed it, but I rewatched the, I've actually watched the game twice because if there ever was a game to go back and watch just for fun, this is one of those games. Um, so the last episode I gave kudos to T2 for playing through to the final whistle in the S2 match. They won one nil, um, in that final play of the game. So, this game, I have to continue to give them kudos because they keep playing until it's over. And they scored three, yes, three goals of the seven in second half stoppage time. Not one, not two, but three goals in second half stoppage time. It was one of those things where, like, like I don't write recaps anymore. Uh, like I used to in the first season, I think we did T2, maybe the second one we had back in 15, 16. But if I was writing recaps, because, you know, you, I, I write them sometimes for the, for the for the first team on Snoptown Footy, but when you write them, it's just like, oh, T2 win 4-3. Oh, there's a goal scored in the stoppage time. Okay, well, I'll change that. Oh, T2 win 5-3. Wait, okay, 6-3. Wait, wait, uh, 7-3. It's... Uh, it's frustrating, but it's a good kind of frustrating. So it, it was that sort of game where it's just like, okay, well, they've scored. Wait, is it over? No, it's not over. They've scored again. Okay, it must be over now. Wait, they, have, they scored again. It keeps going. Um, it was it was tons and tons of fun. That was the, um, the Providence Health game where they had a few thousand students um, come and watch the game. And uh, it was a good one to watch. And the funny thing is, I think there may have been students in the stands older than LA Gal- LA 2's uh, Efren Alvarez, because the kid's like 15 years old. Um, he came on in the second half and scored their first goal like four minutes after coming on. And not just like like a, a, like an easy goal. Like I mean, he's a 15-year-old like wonder kid. Uh, he, get, he got a brace. He made it look easy. You know, both of his goals were like, okay, there's nothing much you can do about that. You know, so I'm not going to fault T2 for not keeping the shutout streak going in this in this uh, this game because because LA2 how they've decided to play this season after like the first five or six games where they scored like maybe two goals across all games uh, they've decided that defense uh, not not just that it's not important that it's like entirely just not a thing. Like they don't, they don't, they just don't even believe in defense. Um, so when you're throwing ten players uh, at the goal, you know someone's gonna score eventually. Obviously, you're gonna get scored against um, a bunch as well. But so, you know, I wasn't expecting T2 to get the shutout against LA. It's kind of what I'm trying to go at here. But still, even though the way they've played. Um, the, no one's really gotten like seven goals against LA2. So there's still a significant amount of credit we need to give T2 for getting seven goals. Um, e- even though, you know, LA just don't even try at defense. And and I'm not saying their, their defense is bad. I'm saying it's non-existent and not in a bad way. Like it's legitimately not existent. They do not even try. So you can't call 
their defense bad because it does not exist. Just flat out, just just doesn't exist. Their whole objective is to just outscore their opponents, and it makes for some highly entertaining games. But they've only gotten like seven points out of fifteen available in their last five matches, and that includes the ten goal, uh, the seven three win here that we're talking about right now. So. I mean, credit to them if that's how they want to play. Like I said, it's entertaining, but they are like, you know, they've gotten this. They're tied with us for the second most goals scored in the USL, but they are also uh, in second place for the most goals allowed. Um, and that's not going to get you very far. So it gets you off the bottom of the table, you know. So you're, you're doing better than both Oklahoma teams in Seattle. So credit to you there, I guess, L.A. Two. Um, but yeah, it's not the it's not the best way. But if you ever want to watch goals scored, go watch an LA two match on ESPN Plus. You're gonna you're bound to get something one direction or the other. Um, big huge shout out to Foster Langsdorf. He scored the first ever hat trick for T two, and now I need someone to get a first team hat trick, please. Like you don't even understand. I've been waiting since I made a bet in two thousand eleven the first MLS season. And that bet was like, oh, whichever player gets a, a league play hat trick first, I'll buy that kit that they wore, and I'll put their name and number on it. It's 2018. Seven years later, I still don't have a single hit kit with a player name or number on it. Uh, so, yeah. Armenteros, Valeri, Adi... Powell, I don't care. Someone get a hat trick soon. Uh, you feel like it's coming with the first team. Last season, there was a game that Valeri played where he got a brace, and it really felt like it was really close, like he was going to get the hat trick. I really felt that game more than any other game the Timbers had played up to that point uh, was about as close to getting a hat trick as we were going to uh, we were going to get. Didn't happen, sadly. And then this game that Armenteros played against Colorado. Oh, I was feeling confident in that one, too. Hey, I'm going to get me an Armenteros kit. No, no, I'm not. Um, so, we'll see. I keep waiting. Every season is this is the season it'll happen. Every game is the game it'll happen. And it doesn't. But enough first-team talk. So, that was uh, T2. They won 7-3 over L.A. It was fantastic. You should go back and watch it. Um, seven goals is a lot to score, even against a team that just sacrifices any remote sense of defensive effort. <laughs> uh, is still impressive. So it's it's a good win. Um, right after that one, T two drew FC St. Pauli two two. Ah, uh, somehow penalties had to happen after an international friendly. I don't know why. Nobody, including the team media people in the press box, uh, realized that was going to happen. So I, I don't know what that was all about. But to T2's credit, we won on penalties 4-2. Only had to take four rounds of PKs because we converted all four. And made a save on one of FC St. Pauli's PKs. So, so, you know, impressive effort there by T2. You kind of felt at that point like, hey, we're pretty adept at taking PKs. That's good. Um, St. Pauli converted two, missed one, and had that, that fourth one saved. So they didn't need to go into, into five rounds. Which was good because 
I was a little disappointed. Felt it was a little silly that the game kind of had to end in such a Americanized way. Um, cause I don't, I just don't know why it had to end in PKs, but whatever. Um, it was a really, really fun game to watch. Uh, I hope you listened to and enjoyed our FC St. Pauli special. That was also a lot of fun to do. I got to meet Sean and Samantha in person. That was super cool. So shout out to Fell in Love with a Girl podcast. I love you guys. It was a great day. Had a lot of fun talking with people. Um, just kind of enjoying the game. I, honestly, there was parts of the game I was like, I'm, I should just turn off my computer and go down there and hang out with the St. Pauli supporters. Um, but I, I didn't. I kind of stuck through that. Um, the players didn't really treat it like a friendly towards the end. Um, that was a little bit disappointing, but didn't didn't really take too much away overall. Um, I, the best part of the whole game easily was watching the FC St. Pauli supporters, uh, though small in number, very large in voice. Uh, they marched and sing and, and sang as they went over to the Timbers Army. The TA welcomed them into 107, and that was just uh, it was quite a sight. It was super. It was, it was amazing. Um, both groups danced cheered sang together um it was uh, towards the end of the match it was really awesome and, and i think in the end that's that's kind of what soccer is, is about or what it should be about right like it's it's about friendship outside of the 90 minutes when you're playing a rival <laughs> um but yeah like like the, the the banner over the capo stand said i believe two clubs one goal soccer for all so it was a good match. Lots of fun. I, I sincerely hope to see FC St. Pauli back in town again, um, as it would just—it's a great team to watch. Great team to watch. It's a great supporters. It's a fun, fun, fun match. Um, right after that, T2 playing Real Monarchs, the best team in the league. My expectations were not low, but I figured, hey, a draw. That'll be a, a, an improvement over the last result against them and overall a good result because this is a side coming into this game that had never lost this season to a conference opponent. Uh, and in USL, pretty much you only play conference opponents. Um, it's very rare you have a, co- a cross-conference game. Um, Real Monarchs did play a rare cross-conference game against Tampa Bay Rowdies. That was their only loss of the entire season. They lost 2-0. Um, t- they played in Tampa Bay, and Tampa Bay are, like, really good at home. I think they're, like, undefeated in, like, some bajillion number of games. Uh, so as good of a team as Monarchs are, they are a USL elite side. Tampa Bay Rowdies, when they play at home, play like a USL elite side. Um Sadly, they are very strange and not so good on the road. Although I think recently they fixed that. If I remember right, they may have actually got their first road victory in like a long, long time. <laughs> but anyway, Real Monarchs, they're the best team in the West, hands down. And arguably, you you could argue that they might be the best team in the entire league. Um, it's between Real Monarchs and Louisville right now for the best team in the league. So if they aren't like the straight up best team in the entire league, they're the second best team in the entire league. They're easily the best in the West. So you'd be forgiven to be like, hey, you know, if T2 can get a draw, it's a good result. And it would have been a good result if they got a draw. But they didn't. They got a win. A- as close to a statement win, I think, as you can get 
uh, particularly this season, definitely one of their most impressive wins. Um, they looked the better side for a good portion of the match, um, and when they weren't the best side, they were playing pretty evenly to SLC. So it it's the it wasn't as close as the scoreline suggests. Um, we'll kind of get into why in that just a second. I mean, like I mentioned, this was the first loss that SLC had suffered to a conference opponent. Only their second loss all season. Uh, so that's impressive. Uh, we ended their like crazy win streak and their undefeated streak going into this. So that was lots of fun. Um, if you go back to the first matchup in March, T2 played Salt Lake City pretty evenly. If you don't count the first 10 minutes, if you don't count the first 30 minutes, we actually played better than them, but you know, it's, it's, it's silly to kind of say that like, Oh, T2 played at the same level as the best team in the West. If you don't, if it was an 80 minute game and you don't count the first 10 minutes. Um, I know it sounds silly, but, but you go back to like the very first game where we played S2 and we lost two one. And you're like, well, if it wasn't for those five minutes where they just kind of, you know, fell apart and just lost focus. Uh, and, and then maybe we would have gotten something out of out of that game. And then you go back to Tacoma and play S2 again, and you get a 1-0 win. You, you see, it's not as silly as it sounds when it's kind of applied in practice. T2 didn't make a five-minute five minute, you know, mistake, and they won. And then here, T2 didn't you know, make a 10-minute mistake in the first 10 minutes. They, they didn't, you know continue to be lethargic for the first 30 35 minutes and uh and the result is significantly better instead of a loss it's a win not even a draw it's a win against the best team in the west so um while silly like t2 are kind of proving that that you know it's there's a bit of truth when you when you kind of say hey they were played really good for this specific amount of time that's not a full game uh, but you know, so, so T2, T2's there. Like, I think this game is kind of proving that T2, um, is stepping into like not USL elite status this season, but, um, definitely like top 10, top three in the West. Um, they're, they're showing like, Hey, we're, we're not to be messed with this season, which is really cool. So um, I mean, they're getting there. If they keep this up, I mean, honestly, the conversation towards the end of the season might be T2 and Monarchs and Phoenix and Louisville and Pittsburgh um, and Cincinnati. You know, they're going to all be in the same conversation of like USL elite, maybe. Yeah, It's crazy to think. I know. I know it's really crazy to think, but T2 is a really good team this year. And it's still sometimes leaves me speechless <laughs> like right now um i'm really interested to see how t2 do against phoenix when they play them later this year uh that'll be another big test but we've beaten sacramento who were in fourth we've beaten real monarchs who were in first uh phoenix would be the next kind of like test and if you can get points against the top four teams i mean you're there's no like i said Unless something horrific happens, they're making the playoffs this year, and that's going to be fun. Um, now, what I had mentioned that the score, it was not as close as the scoreline suggests. 
uh, T2, when they played better than Salt Lake City in this match, um, they probably... I don't, I don't want to say deserved. Um, could have. They probably could have blown out Salt Lake City by like a crazy amount. Four, maybe five to nil. Um, the sole reason they didn't it was part of their keeper and because apparently we can't we were not as adept at taking PKs as I thought we were. Um, Langsdorf had a point blank header saved. Aspria had a PK in the 34th minute saved. Uh, Renzo Zambrano I think had a shot saved right off the line before the break. T2 had another PK opportunities that Zambrano put off the crossbar. I don't know why Espria or Zambrano were taking PKs when Langsdorf was out there. I really don't. Uh, makes no sense whatsoever. Uh, you literally just gave up like two golden opportunities. So, I mean, that makes it 3-0 had they converted the PKs. If Langsdorf puts his point-blank header that was saved off the line, that's 4 um, Williamson intercepted a pass off of some SLC player uh, and ran at the defense, ran at the keeper. He made that save too. Um, all these legit scoring opportunities, high quality chances too. Um, but the saves that were made were, were really good. Uh, so credit to SLC for keeping it a 1 0. Um, the dam finally broke when Zambrano he passed to Williamson, who dummied it for Espria. Espria um, dribbled into near post. He nutmegged the keeper. <laughs> you make all those like really cool saves, and then you get five-holed by Espria. I, I couldn't stop laughing at that. Um, it was pretty entertaining. Oh, so you're going to make this save, that save, this save, two PK saves, and then get nutmegged by Espria. Yeah, that's what I love about soccer. Um, right after that, I think an SLC defender had to clear a shot off the line from Williamson. So, so you take all that together. Yes, we won one nil, but honest to God, it could have been four or five, potentially six nil. I mean, T2 were putting some good shots on frame, um, and others were actually were there even more than that. They were putting other opportunities really close, but not on target. They either went over, went wide. So it's, you know, SLC had three opportunities all match, but we had to double, almost triple that if you count the ones that weren't on frame. So T2 kept a clean sheet, which is fantastic. And like I said, if they keep up their defensive work and they keep the offensive output like they're going, a lot of those chances, they're not going to come up against, you know, good keepers like SLC had, and those things are going to go in. So... They keep it up, man. T2 are going to be winning multiple goal games. They're going to be staying in the t- upper echelon of the Western Conference, and they're going to make the playoffs, and they're going to make a good playoff seed. It's going to be a lot of fun. I think the rest of the season is going to be quite interesting, entertaining. Um, a lot of it. It's definitely a well-deserved win over the best one of the best teams in the league, so it was good. Uh, and this match, I think more than any others, uh, through... All the play, the defense, the chances. Um, another game where we had a goal after the 75th minute to get the win. Let's think about S2. We beat one nil. Uh, Real Monarchs would be we beat one nil. Somebody else in there we beat one nil. I think. Um, but T2 are out there getting these. They're they're making these one nil wins, and the goals come after the 75th minute, and it just kind of shows that they're legit. You know. 
they're staying focused. They're playing to the final whistle. You know, they're 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 being patient and getting keep they keep trying. They don't give up, and they're getting these the goals. The late goals help, man. They'll it's it, it's uh. They're legit side, a legit side. That's all I can really say. They they're definitely gonna make the playoffs. I'm confident now. I am I am confident. I know I don't sound it, but I am confident in calling them. I think a top ten side in the league right now. Definitely a top ten team. And out of thirty three teams, it's not bad. It's not bad at all. Uh, players to watch. I'm gonna skip over this this week um, because you should be watching the whole team play. And and at this point, like I feel like I'm kind of saying the same names over and over again. Foster Langsdorf got a hat trick. He did. <laughs> he leads the team in goals scored with five. You know, Abobasi, Williams, Williams' son, Arbaleda, Aspria, Loria. Um, so many attacking options. All of them have scored. I mentioned the defenders: Josh Phillips, Modu de Modu de Jadama. Um, you know, Toy Loma's gotten some minutes in there, some shutouts. Uh, the keeper, you know, McIntosh has been injured. Alex Mangles has stepped up, done very well, got himself a shutout or two, um, or three actually, if I remember right. Because I think McIntosh has four. Uh, but anyway, you know, it, 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 you can't. I'd be sitting here talking all night if I'm going to say mention all the players that are doing so well because the entire team is doing so well. And now Derrickson Vuelto is starting to get minutes. Um, so you you look at like Langsdorf, Abubasi, Williams, Arboleda, Williamson, Espria, Loria. You know they all have goals scored. Um, Derrickson's getting minutes. Uh, you you literally you can't shake a stick and not hit someone who has scored goals or is a dangerous goal scoring threat um, with this side. It's they are just spoiled for choice with attacking talent. And not just, like, potential talent. Like, these guys are actually playing and showing the talent that they have. The team is playing as a team. There's chemistry. It's not just 11 guys with potential out there playing. It's an entire team with legitimate talent doing as the best they can and winning and winning and winning <laughs> and winning some more. Um, San Antonio, you know, is going to be up next. I think there's a... Uh, Texas road trip coming up. We gotta play San Antonio this weekend, and then Rio Grande Valley sometime after that. Shortly after that, I think, because we'll still be in Texas. Um, and we you know we beat Rio Grande Valley here at Merlot Field. Um, it was did not need to be as close as it was, but that was early in the season. I think going, I think even going there, Rio Grande Valley has been very good at home. I think T two can win. Um, San Antonio is a good side. They lost some good talent this season um, that made them a very, very good team last season. Um, so they're still kind of finding their way, but but they're not a team to be trifled with by any means. Uh, but T2, given how they've been playing, and I, I don't see why they can't win, um, San Antonio's they're going to play hard. They're going to want to win. They're going to want to improve their season. Uh, with T2 coming, I think both of those Texas sides are going to be like, hey, we need to play up to T2. We need to prove that we can stand with the best. Uh, as crazy as that sounds, T2 is one of the best this season so far. Still tickles me. Um, but, but they're both winnable games. And then we're going to come home, and after that we're going to host uh, uh, Oklahoma City Energy. 
and the Oklahoma sides are doing very poorly this year. I think we beat them, what, 3-0 in Oklahoma City? So I would love to see a 3-4-5-6-0 win at home, um, regardless of what happens against San Antonio or Rio Grande Valley. You know, road trips are what they are, road trips. Um, you go to enemy territory, it's, it's un, you know, field might be unfamiliar, things can happen. Um, out of three games, if we take five points, you know, two points on the road and three points at home, it's still a legitimate, that's a, a great thing to, to be taken from. Can we get all nine? Oh, certainly. We can do six wins in a row. Um, hopefully the next episode that we'll you know comes out Friday the 15th, we'll be talking about three more wins against San Antonio, Rio Grande Valley, and Oklahoma City Energy. Um, also, hopefully, we'll have Josh Phillips on the next episode, but we'll see. Hopefully soon, on the show soon, I hope this summer, sometime, I'm going to have Josh Phillips on. So... Uh, anyway, uh, there won't be any PDXFC or 4th Division news uh, because, again, Josh isn't here. It's been nothing but me talking to myself, kind of, in an empty room. Um, hopefully next episode, Josh can come back and catch us all up on the 4th Division soccer. Like I said, he was going to record something, kind of allow me to send it to me, and I could like splice it on the end, uh, but that didn't work out either. So, just me rambling on to the world um but yeah t2 they are a great team so be sure to catch a match i mean if you don't like espn plus for five dollars a month i uh i understand where you're coming from i don't personally agree with that because i think five dollars a month is pretty good deal for all the stuff i get to watch mls games usl games uh, not so much the champions championship is over in England, but there, there there's lots of sports and stuff, and I think five dollars is a good value. But I, I completely understand five dollars is not necessarily affordable for all people. At uh, you know, everyone's in a di- different situation, and some people just like to boycott ESPN, which again is absolutely fair to them. Um, but if you aren't choose not to watch ESPN Plus, uh, tickets are not that expensive. You should go catch a match. <laughs> Guarantee you can find a seat. They're still, it's not, it's not uh, a well attended. They're not well attended games, but you know you can literally go up to the, to go up to the gate five minutes before kickoff, get a ticket, general admission, go in, watch a game, and and it's 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 good fun. So catch a T two match is basically what I'm saying. In any number of play, in almost any starting eleven they put on there is going to be one that has the talent to beat any other team in the league. So it's good, good stuff. Uh, you can find me online, on Twitter, at KMcCamishPDX if you want to talk to me directly, or at PTK Podcast if you want to talk to me directly because I'm I'm the only one on that one as well. <laughs> Sometimes I tweet live matches on Stumptown Footy at Stumptown Footy, and certainly you can almost always find me on the USL Show at the USL Show on Twitter. TheUSLShow.com if you'd like to listen to that podcast as well. And of course, PlayTheKids.com because this is uh, this is something I built from, from the ground up and it's becoming very successful this year. I'm very proud of this. And, and again, thank all, all the new listeners this season. Um, it really makes me happy, humbles me a little bit, um, but it, it, I feel like it just kind of justifies all the work I put into this and I'm going to keep it going as long as I possibly can. So, 
Um, thank you very much to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier of MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Don't forget to get your custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. And of course, thanks to the beautiful game network. You can find us on bgn.fm or playthekids.com. Don't forget to subscribe using the links to iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher via playthekids.com. We have our own website. Like, how awesome is that? <laughs> uh, and li- uh, uh, finally, my bgn.fm shout-out of the episode. I uh, just want to give a shout-out to Foxtrot Podcast. It's a new show that we have on our network. covers Fresno FC, and it's just one of many great shows you can find on bgn.fm. And another short episode, but that will be it from me. And thank you all for listening, and have a great day.